Taylor Swift once told NYU grads to learn to live alongside cringe because it is unavoidable and you should even try to embrace the cringe. And I feel like that sets up a stage for this topic about cringe being hypocritically weaponized in today's culture and society. Um, If you have not listened to me before or my shower thoughts on this (laughs) on record, I'm Matthew. I'm a Gen Z podcaster. I talk about society, culture, social media, and what really goes on in this world. I know my podcast is under society and culture, but it kind of makes me angry because I'm only allowed to pick two topics that it's like related to. And I want to change one of them to social media or something because that's all I'm talking about. Like, I've had so many episodes about um, topics similar to this. So if you're interested in this topic, I definitely have similar episodes. So check those out. But... I kind of just want to talk about this because I saw a TikTok video. It was so intriguing and it's like one of my, I think I like I saved it like onto my phone. Um, But it's by at littlefreak26 or it's by Matt Lawrence. The word cringe is weaponized and it's alienating you from your personality, your interests and your individuality and what sets you apart from the rest like naturally and not just like forced through internet trends and that sort of thing but i don't know why i'm trying to summarize the episode now when i'm literally about to talk about it so with that let's get into it starting with the kind of definition and the origin of the word cringe with topics like these i have to start with the dictionary definition and the dictionary definition of cringe is to have an inward feeling of acute embarrassment or awkwardness um during my research of cringe and just like it's a, the effects like everything around that i found a subreddit like a subreddit thread which is a smaller community of people within reddit talking about a specific topic so it would be like r slash whatever topic um so you know um cringe is important and ever present when i tell you that this forum or like this subreddit has been open since 2012 since 2012 people have been posting and talking about cringe so i i mainly just want to focus on the turn of the 21st century so into the 2000s it really um cringe comedy i feel like really solidified its place in culture and cringe comedy is again the dictionary definition it's a subculture of comedy that derives humor from social awkwardness guilty pleasures etc And I feel like some good examples would be Seinfeld or The Office. Like, you want to laugh, but it's also repulsive, making, like, cringe what it is. Now, it takes on a slightly different meaning in modern context, especially towards, like, the secondhand embarrassment aspects of cringe. Like, I feel like now it's definitely a top-tier insult, especially online. Like, it's embarrassment gone global. That if that's how I were to, f- to define cringe in modern context. It reminds me of the time, like, just like cringe in general, when YouTube removed the ability to see someone's dislike count on, like, their videos. In fall 2021, they made that change. But it was because, like, some videos were getting overwhelmingly amounts, oh, like, overwhelming amounts of dislikes that they became memes, the creators became ostracized, and it was just crazy. And someone on the r slash cringe, like Reddit subreddit said, 
I hate the word cringe the way it's used. It's one of the greatest insults of Gen Z right now, and that makes me sad for them. Cringe is about being ashamed, which, yeah, that's exactly what it is. But now that we have the kind of the baseline of this topic out of the way, let's talk about social order in the digital age, which is a key word to, um, a key vocabulary word to this topic episode, or to this topic in this episode. I didn't get that much sleep last night, guys. Don't, okay. I'm sure you know by now, but, um, Trends are the trendiest thing right now. <laughs> trends are the trendiest thing right now. Like, just the new thing comes in and we all fall right in line due to being, like, online a lot and the influence online and just, like, something being a big phenomenon, I guess. Like, everyone went to go see the Minions movie because it was a big phenomenon. Like, I am i didn't see the Minions movie personally, which I feel like I should have for the culture. But, you know, if you're a digital creator, you have the followers, you have the money, you have the the content capabilities, people will listen to you. And separately, like Gen Z loves to say that we're the most diverse generation. And in some cases we are, but online, we all follow something. Whether you're a creator, whether you say you're not influenced by anything, you say you act individually, we all follow something on social media. And like a good over half of us, like just in general, like people have social media. So... If you say you're not influenced by anything, if you say you're like you act alone, no, you don't. You you follow something, whether that's um, whether that's sports, whether that's fashion, whether that's um, podcasts, me, you know, you all follow something, especially with the rise of content coming your way through like algorithms and discoverability. In some ways, we are all part of a group because what shows up on, like, your For You page is exactly what you like and exactly what you enjoy. And it's just supposed to, like, mirror your interest in real life. Here's the, um, here's the gag, though. If you stick out too much and you don't fall in line and you're not under this social order in the digital age where you listen to the influencers, whether you like it or not, whether you consciously are or not, you're cringe. Let's talk about that. It seems that everyone's interests and styles have either a core or aesthetic attached to them. But have you ever wondered why that is or like why we've leaned into cores and aesthetics and kind of just packaged everything into neat little things to share to the Internet? Um, Some examples of like cores and aesthetics I'm talking about, like, do you have an extensive skincare routine that's clean girl aesthetic? Do you listen to Lana Del Rey, which I just found out about this week? It's Americana core. Okay. Um. Are you a ballet dancer? That's so coquette aesthetic. That's so coquette core. I don't know. Like Barbie core, fairy core, gorp core, quiet luxury, indie kid, Tumblr girl. There's just something for everyone. And in some ways, this is separate by the way. In some ways, we're all influencers and digital creators, right? When you post a picture or a video of yourself or something you love, you're marketing it to look as likable as possible and be as desirable as possible. And before you say like, oh, that's not me. Like I would never do something like that I post for myself. I'm not worried about other people's opinions, blah, 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 blah. No, <laughs> because if you are doing it for your, or like if you're not acting in the interest of other people or the general public or the internet, you wouldn't feel the need to post something or share something with with the internet. You're making yourself subject to the internet's opinions and you're not going to do that unintentionally. Um, Yeah. So that that's my take on it. If you think you're still doing it for yourself, good for you. Um, yeah, I don't know. But whether 
one thing I can a thousand percent assure you is that when you post something, you're associating your content, your like your picture or video with something, whether that's a specific group, a subculture, a core, an aesthetic. It allows people like you to find and understand your content. This can be done with like you can do it by using a filter, a song, an outfit, an ending style, um, like a makeup style, anything, you name it. It it has a group for it to fit into or a niche that you are a part of, whether you think about it or not, in terms of what you're about to post, right? But if it checks all the boxes and it fits into an aesthetic, a core, um, like a group, a subculture, it's desirable, it's likable, and you think other people would like it, cool, you're golden, hit post. But you see how, like, I feel like that's the kind of mindset we go through when we're posting something because it's the internet. Of course, you're going to be a, a little bit, you're going to double check what you're posting, right? Um, you're, you're, you're boxing yourself up and limiting yourself. And I talked about this in my, is social media hindering your self growth episode, but you're, boxing yourself up in a neat nice little package to like present to the general public say like hey do you like this and if your content cannot fit into this box whether it's with keywords um an engaging hook something desirable if you don't see it on a pinterest board like you're just not going to share it because you know it's not cute it's not aesthetic it's not cool it's not desirable right it's a struggle to like something out of the ordinary and share it because it's quote unquote cringe or like the subculture is really small and you're not falling into the social order, if you know what I mean. If your hobbies, if your interests, if your content cannot fall in line, it can't look quote unquote aesthetic, you're not going to be shared because it can be cringe. That's exactly how cringe is weaponized or like how it's shown like it the idea of being subject to cringe is like i don't know how to explain it unless your interest is an aesthetic and a social media niche and a core it's unacceptable or it's going to be liked by less people or yeah but piggybacking, like going right off of that, and like straight into another topic, social submission. This this topic is so simple yet so complex. Like I'm like I'm just having trouble trying to comprehend <laughs> what I'm saying. Like I'm trying to make sure I make sense, but I don't like I can't understand it because it's so complex of a topic. It's very it's very chronically online it, that's that's what it's giving which i am but also it's my job but social submission like if i were to build it off the last section i would say that social submission is when you cave into a trend like you fully immerse yourself in a subculture in a way that's like okay well i'm already this far i might as well like go the whole way if you know what i mean i also remember um saying before that if you stick out too much, if you don't fall in line, if you're not under the social order, then you're considered cringe. That takes us to where we are now in my story timeline topic. The struggle of standing out versus fitting in. And if you're a teenager, 
like a modern day teenager growing up on social media, you understand what I'm saying. When everyone wants to feel like they belong, but there comes a point where you can't fit in too much. Like there's a balance between fitting in too much and being completely like, like completely outside of the social order and just like ostracized for your interests, your likes, whatever. Because if you fit in, if you fit in too much, you're called an NPC. If you're, if you don't fit in at all in a sense that's like unacceptable or um, just like unnatural with culture, then you're considered like cringe or weird or whatever. And when I say being called an NPC, it's referring to a non-player character, which is um, something like in video games, it a computer helps the player have a smoother experience, right? Like, in other terms, you're like the background character and there's nothing special about you. You're just like one of them. You know what I mean? Like you and every all the other NPCs, like you're just all the same. Um, and a great example of this, like fitting in too much, but still being unique within your subculture is the vintage streetwear wearing thrifting subculture okay essentially i mean like stylish people who like to thrift because of the vintage style that thrifting provides right imagine you're a part of this subculture if you are cool if you're not like just put yourself in their shoes and their loafers <laughs> and imagine you're a part of the subculture and you walk into a thrift store hoping you're going to find some great pieces it's going to be empty like you can get all the good stuff first you walk around for a bit, but you don't like, you don't feel like nothing's catching your eye and you feel defeated and like, you don't know why there's nothing you like or quote unquote, what, or like actually nothing trendy, but you don't know why there's nothing on the racks that you can grab. You turn the corner and then you see a guy in Doc Martens, vintage jeans and a graphic tee with like a cart filled to the brim with all the good clothes that we were talking about before i would imagine that you would be a bit angry that someone got like got to the quote-unquote stash before you did but i feel like the real anger is coming from you wish it was just you in the sense that in the sense of the subculture at a certain point too many people go thrifting so there's just nothing quote-unquote good left that's where you that's where depop comes in that's where grail comes in like there's so many like funny videos about this topic too but it's just like going in somewhere to feel different or be different or dress different just to find other people trying to do the exact same thing you're like wow like you know what i mean i don't know how to explain it better it's just like you want to be a part of this group but you still want to be unique and niche because if you're too like, I don't know, you, you just you just fall into the social order, you do whatever they tell you, you're either called an NPC, you're called basic, whatever. If you're, you know what I mean? It's just the balance of being too niche and not niche enough. Seeing other people doing exactly what you're doing while hoping that you are the one being different and alternative, it sets the stage for every single group that has been ostracized on the internet.
that was a lot. That was a lot to take in. I'll say it one more time and then we'll talk about the next topic. Seeing other people doing exactly what you're doing while hoping that you are the one that's different and alternative sets the stage for every single group that has been ostracized on the internet. Okay. With that, let's talk about the effects of cringe. I have recorded the rest of this episode like three times because I keep getting notifications and it stops my recording. Okay, so we're going to try this one last time. But being cringe, especially my last example, it it, it means to be like too deep on the iceberg, quote unquote, um, like to be heavily invested in one single idea or to be like part of too large of a group to the point where you're a quote unquote NPC. But what this is really saying is that investment and involvement in something is bad. This is really saying that being uninterested is preferred. Did it click? Like that that was supposed to be the that moment where everything clicks. You're like, oh anti-intellectualism is favored in modern society. And anti-intellectualism is just a person opposed or hostile towards intellectuals and the modern academic artists are no the modern academic artistic social religious and other theories associated with them but kind of just think about the idea one great way to put it into perspective (laughs) perspective um is with the hate around furries you know me right now i don't care if you like furries or not but furries it's a modern idea that well it's an idea but it became mainstream recently and there are people within the community that are heavily invested in this certain idea but they don't fall in the social order and they're not an aesthetic so they're hated because it's considered cringe based on the guidelines i previously mentioned about it being an aesthetic and it falling into the social order while it being a little bit different and cool um matt not me matt but matt lawrence in his video was explaining this and he was saying like you could be interested in something but not invested in any one subject um and it's allowing young people to lean into the idea that knowledge is bad which is crazy um but i feel like it makes sense. It, like if you didn't if you didn't understand what I was just talking about, I highly suggest you go back twenty seconds and let's do it again. I'll give you a second. Okay, cool. Um, but it just makes sense because like have you seen that in the early twenty first century, like early two thousands, and just culture and movies, the cool girls like like example Mean Girls, the cool girls are the uninterested ones. The ones that are like cool, like chill, nonchalant. Those are the cool girls. And after all of this pondering, wondering, questioning, there's still one more to answer. And what makes it hypocritical? Because I know it's in the title. Um, script, like script notes, just about like how cringe is hypocritically weaponized. How? Because we talked about how it's weaponized, but why is it hypocritical? I learned from Kokomoko... But one thing to always note when it comes to culture is that it swings like a pendulum. So one at, at some point, it's going to be one thing. And then at another point, it's going to be the complete opposite. With, get this, ironically cringe creators 
on the rise and making it to the mainstream, like Diddy Bob, um, the Minions movie trend, and now like the Five Nights at Freddy's movie, calling yourself an NBC. Um, it's just like cringe comes full circle. What once was cringe will be considered cool one day. And that's only like that's credit to the idea that cringe swing or not cringe culture swings like a pendulum i didn't get that much sleep guys i told you already but you know um diddy bob is a creator that he he acts in a funny way online and i don't know how else to explain it but like he just doesn't act like a human with human thoughts if that makes sense um one google search will tell you everything you need to know um i'll give you a second right okay but as matt lawrence puts it it's okay to be cringe when you're surrounded by an attractive group of friends and you're upholding the status quo if you looked up diddy bob and watched one of his videos you will see that diddy bob is surrounded by a group of just like conventionally attractive um like friends i guess and he ups in him and his group upholds the status quo or re, like this is what it actually means but it's to listen to rap music and be cool in real life and make money and just like um be gen like genuinely mysterious past your internet self if that makes sense while mocking others which is exactly what upholding the status quo means to um modern teenagers i guess Another example, minions. They are the subject of cringe Facebook memes. Like, just like those memes that your parents see on Facebook. They're like, huh, like, that's funny. And it's not funny to you at all. Right. Yet, since culture swings like a pendulum, they became cool and funny and ironically cringe in a way that's digestible on social media, which is important. Digestibility on social media is one of the most important concepts to this topic and i feel like what really helped was yeet's song on the minion soundtrack that really pushed this agenda of ironic cringe in terms of the minion movie especially because he's a rapper upholding the status quo like i mentioned before like are you picking up what i'm putting down as long this is this is kind of just what it is as long as you're self-aware and you know it's cringe and you're presenting it in a funny way and you know that you're mocking some group of people, it's okay to be cringe. It's okay to be cringe when you know you're mocking others who were considered cringe. That's why it's hypocritical because cringe comes full circle whether you like it or not. The Five Nights at Freddy's movie, there are like large groups of people who will um, just like ostracize people who are really invested in Five Nights at Freddy's. They're really knowledgeable in this one topic, Five Nights at Freddy's, and they're being ostracized because they don't fall in the social order or it's not an aesthetic. But now that it's a movie, everyone's watching it because culture swings like a pendulum and it's a pretty big phenomenon online. But yeah, <laughs> that that was a lot. That was a lot for me. Um, so I understand, like, this is like, this is, this will take a toll on me. This is a lot. But I will end the episode on this. Ironically, under this Reddit thread about, or Reddit subreddit about cringe 
people were making fun of the creator Matt Lawrence under this under un, like under a subreddit about cringe they were saying his hand gestures are cringe <laughs> that's that goes against everything he said in his videos but regardless i hope this opened up your brain to a new side of what cringe can be or what cringe is so i say embrace the cringe do it like i feel like i'm embracing the cringe by just being online <laughs> just talking about stuff like this online because i don't know it really depends on your perspective but yeah let me know what you think about this episode you know where to find me i'm not gonna lie the other day someone called me i don't know who it was just a random number a random number called me usually i don't pick up but i was like no i'll pick up like why not Tell me why it was someone telling me they liked their my my podcast. My number. I like to this day, I still don't know who it is. They were just like, "Hey, I just wanted to say I like your podcast." I was like, "Oh, thanks." But now what? Now that you know who I am and you have my number and Yeah. So that's that's a new perspective for you. Um what happened to me the other day? But I hope you're going to have a great day. I hope you had a great day if you're listening to it at night. And if you're listening to it in the morning, I hope you have a great rest of your day. And yeah, that's all for me. See you next week, hopefully. Bye. <laughs> Byes are always so awkward. I'm sorry, but bye. See you next week.